do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining! This is Downtown Pop. your NBA news and opinions in one place. Follow, retweet and share on Twitter at DowntownPod. Email your thoughts, ideas, suggestions and questions to downtownpodhoops at gmail.com Downtown Pod now on Spotify, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts Downtown What it do baby Jack dialing it in from way downtown this is Downtown Pod twitter.com forward slash downtown pod email us hit us up right now with your thoughts suggestions and feedback downtown pod hoops at gmail.com it's your one-stop nba recap and breaking news destination today two games on the slate in the nba a quiet one on a thursday night in the states we're going to recap the blazers and the bucks and the pelicans and the suns doing battle on this Friday afternoon in Australia. That's where we're coming to you from. As always, being a Friday podcast with a less number of games, we'll get a bit more of the breaking news you need to hear from around the association in your ears. We'll take a look at what's doing the NBA rounds on the Tweet Tweet Twitter, and we might even get to a couple of questions and suggestions for people who have emailed in downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. Join us, get social. We are on Stitcher, we are on Spotify, we are now on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, tell your mates. This is the one-stop destination for your NBA recap, news, opinions, and we're going to experiment very soon in the pod world here on Downtown Pod with some brand new segments. They will be dropping, so make sure you stick by us to find out what those segments are, what they're all about, and exactly how they're going to roll. We would love your suggestions for segments, some feedback if you want to record yourself, that'd be fantastic. Be the Robin Lopez to my Brooke Lopez, perhaps. I know I'm the one who has the nice short hair. You could be Robin getting it done for the Bucks right now, watching that Bucks and Blazers game live as I record this. We're going to take a break and come back to recap the game. But be Robin to my Brooke, please, and email in your thoughts, suggestions, and feedback. Plus, perhaps you might want to record yourself talking about the NBA. Or join us here and be a co-host, downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. 
thank you to all of those people who have already followed us on Twitter. We are only about a week old on Downtown Pod and we have just about 30 followers. So that's pretty good. If we progress like that, then we'll be getting up around the thousand very, very soon. Happy days. We retweet everything NBA. So it's pretty much your one-stop NBA account to go to. You'll get uh, links to other podcasts that I'm loving, including the Daily Ding from The Athletic and other NBA podcasts, which also uh, last night I retweeted an NBA podcast, the Outside the Paint podcast, boys. They are ripping up with some quality content. Unrelated, I'm an individual, you know, it's the people's podcast here on Downtown Bowl, but showing love and spreading the NBA goodness. So make sure your ears are filled with all the NBA news and opinions and recaps that you need. That is what we're all about here on Downtown Pod. Okay, two games on the NBA slate. Let's first jump in to Blazers and Bucks. Downtown! This is what I mean. Anytime Melo knocks down a three, well, anytime he's open, he's probably going to knock it down. And this is what I want to see him do. Enjoy the game. Welcome back. It's a business. Bucks and Blazers has literally just dropped, and that's done. And it was a high-scoring encounter. Bucks 137, Portland Trail Blazers 129. Let's take a look at the box score. First up with Giannis going for 24 points, 19 rebounds, a season-high 15 assists with only five turnovers, a good plus-five night on the court. The Greek Freak in the reigning MVP. Brooke Lopez, again, solid, 10 points, 4 of 7 shooting. Eric Bledsoe is regular season bled right now. 30 points, 6 assists. He pulled up for 6 three-points. Only uh, made 2 tonight, but he made a crucial couple of plays down the stretch. Banked one in from about 40 feet after he was fouled. Didn't count. Went to the line, dropped the free throws, and gave the Bucks a solid lead after the Blazers had closed to a 6-point margin with under a minute left in the match. Wes Matthews and Dante DiVincenzo, they contributed beautifully off the bench, uh, off the, in the starting lineup, I should say. They went for 28 points combined. This bench of the Bucks, it is just one to be admired. They just play for each other. There's no real ISO plays. They're all out there to get each other plays and get each other into the game. Ersan Ilyasova, he must be 50, but he looks like he's back in the Atlanta Hawks days. 6.6 rebounds and just did his job, plus 11. When your plus-minus is more than your points scored, you've had a pretty good game. George Hill was great. Paddy Connaughton, Cornerton, whatever you say, he uh, had a highlight play, dunked at home. He had 18, 7 of 10 shooting and 4 rebounds. And uh, Sterling Brown was one of my favorites in, in this matchup, had 8 points and 6 boards as the Bucks shot 47% from the field. 80% from the free throw line. Free throws for Giannis, 5 of 10. Still not as he would have liked, but getting better every game. For the Blazers, it was Melo in the starting line. He played 29 minutes in the starting lineup tonight. 18 points and 4 assists, 7 rebounds. So he's uh, stuffing the stat sheet. Only 3 turnovers for Melo. Had a couple of great plays. We'll get to his influence in the game in a bit. A. Tulliver. Now, he's 35 years old in the starting lineup for these uh, Blazers. It just tells you all you need to know about the now 5 and 11 Trail Blazers, 4 and 7 on the road, which means they've only won one game at home all season. That's a massive hiccup for the Blazers and Terry Stotts. CJ Bold, he does that, had 37, had 10 rebounds, picked up three blocks as well. 
which is not unusual for his kind of play. He played a game high 38 minutes for this Blazers team as D. Lil sat again with back spasms when he's back. Who knows? Keep it locked on Downtown Pod for the latest updates. Lillard tweeted this afternoon. He said he's hopeful to return Saturday at Cleveland. Quote, I would be doing a disservice to my health if I just went out there and played. It will stick around. Where we are now, the best thing is to get healthy, and then we will and I will make our push towards the playoff. Well, for the Blazers fans and the Blazers players, here's hoping because right now they look pretty strung out, and uh, we'll get to the recap very soon. Rodney Hood, 5 of 5, 100% night for Hood. Only though, 11 points, 5 fouls. Needed to stay on the floor. The Blazers were missing Hassan Whiteside, but this man, he was my player of the game, Scout Labissier. He was incredible. Double-double, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 5 blocks, 10 of 16 shooting. The boy can ball. He needs some chances. I'll tell you what, if you are the Blazers, you can just pretty much get Whiteside out of there. Does not care. On the bench tonight, wasn't even given a stuff over there as the Blazers made their run late. The Bucks blew out to an early lead in this game. They were up by 14 at halftime. Blazers give them credit, 71 points second half. They won the second half by six. Wasn't quite enough. The Bucks poured in their highest score of the season tonight, 137. Off the bench for the Blazers, Hizonia did nothing in 10 minutes. Kent Bazemore, his career has gone down the absolute tube since the move from the Hawks. Two points in 18 minutes. One of eight had six assists and five rebounds. Guy can't score in this Blazers offensive system. Anthony Simons was a late in. Some were thinking he might not make the game tonight. Had six points, had two boards. Again, nothing at all to write home about. The bench is so thin that uh, a guy called Trent Jr. Haven't heard of him before. Well, Gary Trent Jr., shooting guard, came in to play minutes. Had 21 out of Duke 2018. Round 2, pick 37 for Sacktown. He came in and contributed, but didn't give the Blazers anywhere near enough. Had 13 points and only two assists in that starting shooting guard role. The Bucks got it done. 137-129. Let's wrap the major storylines from this match. And it was the Bucks who just took control from the opening tip. It was all Bucks, really. The Bucks refused to defend shooters. And guys like McCollum, guys like Booker, guys like Harden, they're going to have big nights on the Bucks. But they do do well with the big men inside. Yep, Scalabissia had a coming out match tonight and played absolutely solidly for the Blazers. If I was Terry Stotts, give him the start. Say to Hassan Whiteside, mate, get on the bench and stay there. Come in, be an energy guy for us, because right now Hassan is going through the motions. McCollum had an absolute gun game. No one else even got in his way tonight. Janus had 15 assists. McCollum had 10 assists. But outside of that, Bazemore had his six. Outside of that, the Blazers just do not assist. They play ISO after ISO after ISO. They cut the margin to six down the stretch with about 35 seconds to go. Giannis missed a three. There was no boxing out. They could have had it. Pour a three in, other end. Who knows? Margin three. 25 seconds left. It could have been a miraculous comeback win for the Blazers, but instead they stuck around, stood around, watched. It was it was it was watch and see. It was it was react first basketball. That's not what's going to get it done for the Blazers. One and done. They struggle with their trans defense. It's non-existent. 
They go down, pull up for a shot, and how many times did Tolliver turn it over? How many times did miss shots? And McCollum had his uh, 37, but he missed 14 shots in the process. I would have thought most of those would be transition buckets for the Blazers, uh, for the Bucks down the other end. It was just pretty woeful. In terms of Hassan Whiteside, Lazy didn't play tonight, but uh, it'd be interesting to see if he gets a start when he's fit, when he's back, or whether Scarlett Bissier did enough to get the start. In my book, he definitely did. Carmelo Anthony down the stretch, whoa, he looked old in certain bids, trying to get out to defend. Giannis absolutely uh, waltzed past him a couple of times. If he's out there and taking open shots, it is an absolute non-negotiable for him to make every single one. That sounds crazy, I know, but Melo is on this team to score and score only. He passed a few, and on Twitter, you would have heard uh, if you sussed it out, he had a few rebounds and told everyone to get the mm out of his way. Uh, someone, I think Baller's Life at Twitter, made a uh, get the mm out of my way mellow compilation, so check that out. That's pretty cool. But with Tolliver in the starting lineup, it begs the question for the, uh, the Blazers, have they not blooded many young players? They got Gary Trent Jr. in the lineup to play the game today. He had a plus three in his first start, but there's no one else to really mention. Kemp Bazemore is stuck a bit in neutral. Anthony Simons has been good, but uh, without Lillard, this is the prime of Lillard's career. It's do or die this season. Hopefully, for the Blazers' sake, they get D-Lil fit and they make a late push. The Bucks, well, regular season bled right now. Eric Bledsoe, he's like the uh, James Harden light when it comes to playoff intensity. He has been known to disappear totally. Do a Casper, the friendly ghost, and, uh, and turn white and gone. Ghost the Bucks in... in, in the playoffs and the finals. If they get there, if they can somehow get this kind of form out of Bled, they will be awfully hard to defend. And it will come down most likely to Bucks and Celtics, judging on the uh, spots in the playoffs at the end of the season for the Eastern Conference champions. If they can get regular season Bled in playoff time, the Bucks will be very, very hard to stop. Bled was sensational tonight. And let McCollum go, let him shoot. Pretty much every single person on this team can shoot threes. Every single person in the rotation for the Bucks tonight took a three. Only two of those players missed, and maybe the two, one of the two, you'd expect to hit. Ursan Ilyasova has hit threes before, didn't make one tonight. Robin Lopez didn't make one. Brooke Lopez hit two and one crucial one down the stretch with about four or five minutes to go as the Blazers were closing in. The Lopez's, well, they do what they do. Great viral clip on the Bucks Twitter. Check it out, Lopez warm-up prior to the game. They're just going through their motions. The Lopez's do what they do. They pretty much have surrounded uh, some meh players with stars and solid experience. And what you get is a solid crew. I've always said if you take uh, a bunch of young blokes and put them in a team like the Gold Coast Suns and the footy, they're not going to go well. You take those same players, surround them by stars, surround them by guns and some experienced NBA and whatever sport you're playing players, they're going to rise to the occasion. Dante DiVincenzo, I mean, who is that guy? But he has filled a solid role for the Bucks this season. And tonight, had 16 points in his 27 minutes of the season. He is actually averaging only 7.7 and 3.5. But he is providing quality minutes on this team and a great contribution for these Blazers. Bledsoe in his hot streak right now. Wes Matthews just seems to be in the right spot with the right system. He is only averaging 6.7 points and 2.2 rebounds per season. 10th season very 
Marquette out of Marquette, but he is in this offense, and Coach Bud knows how to let Giannis have most of the play. Only 9 of 27 shooting for the Greek Freak tonight, but 19 boards and 15 assists. The Blazers didn't box out. They didn't shut him down, and the Bucks 137, the Blazers 129. They march on. The Bucks go to a 13 and 3 record, establishing themselves second place in the Eastern Conference, a 5 and 1 record at home, as the Blazers drop to 5 and 11, and uh, they are now 4 and 7 away from home. Not a great record. Not a great record at all for the Blazers. Bucks 137, Blazers 129. This one, it was a blowout early, but the Blazers came home and they kept it close. Drew to within six with about 30 seconds left. But it was all Bucks down the stretch, and Giannis made sure they'd go home with the win. 137, 129. First half, here's Hood into the lane. Nice pass to the air with a facial. Downtown! 70, 3 and 7. Moore's on him. On the side. Johnson, Oubre, 3. Put it down! Here we are recording straight after the Pelicans and the Suns has just gone final in the NBA for this Friday afternoon slate of two back-to-back games on TNT. Thursday night hoops USA time. Let's take a look at the Pelicans and Suns box score. First up, the Pels in an interesting and delayed finish to this game. Got the win, 124 to 121. The Suns now fall a little bit lower in the standings after a hot start of the season. The Pels are back after a bit of a slow start. They're etching their way back to be close to 500 on the NBA season so far through their 14 games. The Pels have been atrocious away from home so far, having a 1-5 record coming into this game. They're now 2-5 and five and 6-9 and nine on the season. The Suns draw to 500, 7-7 after being all above 500 for the early part of the season. Suns are now 5-5 five and five at home and 2-2 two and two away from home. So they're doing things by 500. At the box score, we'll leave one man on the Pels for last, but JJ Redick was hot early. 10 of 14, 5 of 8 from three-point land, five rebounds, two assists for his 26 points. And Drew Holiday, 10 of 19, had a great shooting night, had five turnovers, but uh, coupled that with nine assists and four rebounds with his 23 points. Someone who was big on the defensive end, Kenrich Williams had a match-defining steal, even though it was a Devin Booker bad pass in the last few minutes of the game. Only two points, but nine rebounds, and he had a plus 16 plus-minus. Jackson Hayes, plus 21, plus minus. He only poured in seven points, had four rebounds and two two rebounds, uh, sorry, four rebounds and no assists. However, he was plus 21, as I mentioned, on the plus minus, and it was great as their rookie center today. Back for the Pels, Lonzo Ball came in. Had a free license from three-point land, took seven of them of his nine field goals, only hit three field goals in total for his eight points. But off the bench early was Etwan Moore, and he joined both Redick and Holiday to have fantastic shooting nights. He shot eight of 12 from the field, five rebounds, two assists, 19 points, minus 16 in the plus minus, but that was a total bench calamity when the Pels were up big and let the Suns come back into the ballgame. It was a match of four quarters. The Pels uh, led by five at quarter time. 
Well, the Suns back in to lead by seven, uh, sorry, to uh, lead by two, the Suns, at halftime. Then it was all New Orleans in the third quarter. They took a lead into three-quarter time and held on just. The Suns were rallying, but they couldn't hit shots at the most crucial times. And one man I said I'd leave till last, and here he is, his drop, Brandon Ingram. Took a week off, and he looks like a man refreshed the former LA Laker. 28 points. Four turnovers, but two blocks, five assists, eight rebounds, nine of 19 shooting, three of six from the land of plenty, and that fourth quarter belonged to Brandon Ingram. Double-digit scoring, killed the Suns, had an and one, a crucial three-point bomb put their Pelicans up late in that game, and he was purely one word, unstoppable. In the fourth quarter, Brandon Ingram, he is going to lead this team back to 500, and if Zion should come back in January, or in the second half of the NBA season. This team could be 500, and they're a real shot at challenging for playoffs in the Western Conference. It just goes to show a bad start in the NBA doesn't dictate your whole season. Alexander Walker only played two minutes. He was the preseason pick for many people to be a great player on this New Orleans Pelicans side. But with Jalil Okafor, Derek Favors, and Josh Hart all out, add those three back in the mix, plus Zion. And uh, this team is capable of doing much, much damage if they get to above 500 before Zion comes back and push for playoffs down the stretch. The Pels shot 53.4% from the field and 63% from the free throw line, so it could have been a lot worse for the Suns. But speaking of the Suns, 121 points. This game was lacking defense. Frank Kaminsky had the start for the Monty Williams-led Phoenix Suns. He's got 14 points, 5 of 12. He started at center, which is a bit of a weird matchup. The Suns are missing Aaron Baines and missing Ricky Rubio, so nobody really expected them to do many things in this game. Of course, already missing DeAndre Ayton, 13 games left of his drug suspension for testing positive to a diuretic after game two. Dario Saric was Casper uh, here, five points, five rebounds. He was a ghost, did nothing on offense for the Suns, and they really need to get more out of Saric and Kaminsky more consistently if they're going to be a threat and make playoff this rebuilding Phoenix Suns side. Kelly Oubre Jr. continues to impress the mid-season acquisition from the Wizards last season for the Suns. Had 25 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 9 of 9 free throw lines, 7 of 17 shooting. It wasn't the best shooting night for any Sun tonight. Even Devin Booker only had 19, 7 assists and 5 rebounds. He had 6 turnovers and it wasn't his most efficient night on the floor. Suns fans hold him in the highest expectations. Uh, but he did not produce nearly as much as he needed to down the stretch. There were times when Suns were down 4, needed a clutch stroke. He pushed the ball to Cam Johnson, the rookie, for an open three, it must be said. And it was halfway down, but bounced right back out. The bench for the Suns, they came to play, no doubt about that. A total of 37 points between Cam Johnson, Mikau Bridges, and Eli Kobo got 20 minutes off the bench. 11 points and 7 assists. Cam Johnson was elite once again, showing why you don't just draft first-year rookies or, or college one-and-dones. You look for those who have got a solid base underneath them. He is not looking out of place at all with the NBA association level. Mikau Bridges extended minutes for him tonight. Finally, says Sun fans. Suns fans. He scored. He played 36 minutes and had 12 points on uh, three of seven shooting. Uh, didn't hit a three, but had six rebounds, three assists, and most importantly for the team's offensive and defensive numbers, three steals. 
and Macau Bridges, one of only uh, four suns to be in the plus minus, then the plus minus one of only two suns to be above plus 10 or more in this game. The other, Eli Kobo. But for the suns, without Ricky Rubio running the offense, a lot of the heavy lifting is left. To Devin Booker, he finds some great passes and some open teammates, but when it's him trying to run the offense, he usually becomes a little bit too unselfish, and that's what happened tonight. Looking for passes that probably weren't there when he should have pulled up for a three or a shot inside the key or the paint, and it really was a win for the Pels. Both teams missing three of their top five or six players tonight. Favors Okafor, Hart for the Pels, Suns, Aiton, Baines, Rubio, and the Pels got it done and moved to 6-9 on the season. The Suns shot 46.5% from the field, 41.9% from three-point lands, and 87.5% from the free throw line. It was a pretty even night across the board. The Pels shot better percentage, but this was a close game that almost came down to the Suns winning it late, 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 late. Fun, high-scoring game to watch. Lonzo Ball goes through uh, the ball. Now, Lonzo Ball. Made a few notes here. I thought Ball meant Lonzo, but nope, it's the ball. The ball goes through so many sets of hands for both teams. Contributes to uh, a fair few turnovers. 14 for the Suns, 17 for the Pels. Low numbers considering these two teams have had games where they're above 20 turnovers per team this season. Their style of play for both teams, you can just tell Alvin Gentry has coached the Suns in the past and Monty Williams has coached the Pels in the past. It's a bit of a, uh, a bit of a coach roulette over the past five or six seasons for both these teams. Both coaches love their teams. The up and down. This game, uh, this one uh, hit 100 points for both teams early in the late in the third quarter, I think it was. So it was always going to be an overmatch if you're a betting kind of man. Uh, lots of offense within five or six seconds. Plenty of transition. If you're a league pass watcher, not a big NBA uh, one team fan. Put both these teams on your league pass. They're must watch for the rest of the season. The Suns are in a bit of a funk right now without Baines. Baines contributes those threes. The only big body they've got, the Suns have been pretty much uh, blasted. Check Diallo played some good minutes for the Suns tonight. He had 14 minutes, uh, three rebounds, eight points, a couple of big slams, and he uh, he connected with Booker for a great uh, alley-oop at the bucket. But without Aiton and without Baines, they are down big men, and asking Kaminsky to play at center didn't work tonight. It won't work going forward. They need Baines back ASAP. He was out with a hip contusion. No timeline for his return yet. Rubio's back spasms. He tried to return early against the Sacramento Kings in their last game, but uh, wasn't great. Left the game early and uh, no timeline for his return either for the Suns. In terms of the Pels, J.J. Uh, Redick was left to uh, just shoot, shoot, and shoot. And when he's left to shoot, 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 he makes, makes, makes. And he drained uh, consecutive threes. Brandon Ingram was the best player on the court for both teams by about uh, a country mile. This guy, after coming from the Lakers, uh, he's just found life a lot easier. He had uh, an amazing fourth quarter. One inbound to play with 59 seconds left. It was the uh, Pels up by four. And uh, for some reason, Ingram was left by himself, his own devices, to cut to the basket off the, uh, the baseline pass and jammed at home. And that was an unassailable lead for the Pels from that stage on in the game, just under a minute left. When Lonzo Balls 
Alonzo Ball is hitting a three in your face, you know it's probably not going to be your night. One man that I love off the bench is Nicola Melli, the Italian. I've mentioned him before on Downtown Pod. Only nine points, but he chucked in five rebounds, three assists, one steal, and three or four shooting. He's a crafty Italian EuroLeague vet, and uh, the Pels have done well to pick him up and put him out there in this NBA season. The Pels game's three-point game. They live and die by the sword, but when it is rolling, it is almost unassailable. They do it big, big margins. When it stops, though, it's uh, it's a chance for the opposition to get back in the game. You guard their three-point line, and uh, you look after Ingram, and this team pretty much falls apart. They couldn't guard Ingram tonight. The Suns had no big fellows inside who wanted to even think or breathe or even know how defense is spelt, and they could not contain the threes early, which gave the Pels a bit of a head start. With all the pieces there with the Pels, though, they can make their run back to 500. Zion's back. They could be back in the playoffs. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? The Pels were uh, up nine in the fourth. However, they built a big lead. They kept shooting threes. Like It's great to keep doing what got you the lead, but there comes a time where you've got to reassess and go, hey, I think maybe I might just run some offense, maybe get some high screens and some and some uh, high rolls and make sure we just build this lead two by two rather than uh, try three by three. In terms of the Suns, they don't have national games on TNT or ESPN very often, so it was an absolute sight to see my team, the Suns. I'm a Suns fan, Suns tragic. Thank you to uh, Steve Nash for sucking me in all those years ago. Uh, we've had a great start of this season, but it was great to hear a few crowd chants and they were audible for the speakers of your TV screen. If you aren't a Suns fan, you probably wouldn't have tuned into many Suns games this season. The crowd is making its way back at Talking Stick Resort Arena in downtown Phoenix. They rocked up the national TV broadcast, but with no Rubio, no Baines, it was just one of those perfect storms for the Phoenix Suns finally getting a national TV game that could not put their best squad out there and they did well. Monty Williams, plenty of different rotations, played a bit of small ball at times. He did, uh, he took off uh, Frank Kaminsky for the rookie Tyler Johnson at one stage, uh, Cameron Johnson, not Tyler Johnson at one stage, and that uh, made sure the Suns, they were switching everything but uh, the one person they forgot to switch and uh, was it was kind of between switches. Ingram uh, drew to the basket, pulled out and hit a three in their face. And every time the Suns had a chance to draw back in the game, the defense was just notched, was just riled right out. Booker made a pass that wasn't there. Gonna be too precise as the main point guard tonight. They were given the license to shoot this season and they kept doing it by Monty Williams tonight. It didn't work, it didn't work, and it was all the Pels, unfortunately. Now, DeAndre Aiden has 13 more games of his drug suspension to serve. It does not look like the Suns are going to get anyone to replace him as of yet. They could have got someone after five games, so given he's now 12 games into the suspension, it looks like the Suns is going to sit pretty on that and welcome him back sometime around the end of December, could be into the new year, if they decide to uh, put Baines in his spot. Now, a bit of a stat before we go any further with the Suns. The, uh, the, the Pels, Ingram, he's in some good company. He's averaging uh, some great numbers this season. He is in company with the likes of Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and uh, even Luka Doncic. He is averaging 25.4 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 4 assists. Uh, he is uh, doing it all. You might be forgiven to forget that back in 2016, he was the pick. He was the second pick of the 2016 draft, of course, um, out of Duke. He was highly rated. Didn't handle the spotlight in LA, doing big things in New Orleans. 
Back to the Suns though, Javon Carter was removed from the starting lineup. He does not bring anything on offense. Made some amazing defensive plays. One bit of this game I was real proud of my Suns was when I think it was Tyler Johnson was knocked down. It could have been uh, on the baseline going for a score. Actually, I reckon it was Bridges was knocked down and uh, it was like a 100 meter dash. Uh, Javon Carter led the teammates over to pick him up. But the camaraderie in this team last season, season before for the Suns, it was heads down. It was when's the next game. It was when's the off season. But uh, Monty Williams, doesn't matter who's out. You just pretend, I think every time out they have, he's saying to them, look, this is your team. <clears throat> you're on the floor. You're representing our Suns. Go out there. The game's tight. Make a great play. Chuck it into Booker. He'll look after you. He'll find you. Um, not his best game tonight. Played a game high. Minutes for the Suns, 37 points. Uh, minutes, I should say. But the guard rotation for the Suns was new. Macau Bridges getting 36 minutes at that small forward, kind of power forward, shooting guard type rotation was fantastic. Uh, Czech Diallo was great, but with the no depth that meant Kaminsky started at five, didn't quite work. Czech Diallo brought the intensity and the passion. He is a work in progress, old Czech Diallo. I mean, third string center, he wouldn't be getting minutes if Aiton and Baines were healthy. Um, only the Suns were blown out opposition. They did it a couple of times early in the season. But now, I suppose the highlight for the Suns is with these tight losses, they're getting minutes into these rookies. Cam Johnson, 19. Mikhail Bridges, 36. Eli Kobo. Some were saying cutting he might be the last one to cut off the roster in the preseason. He's still there and getting 20. Javon Carter plays defense. Tonight was not a defensive game. Only had nine minutes. Uh, the, uh, the one question mark over the Suns, Devin Booker. Had a knee collision, knocked his knee. His knee region had it, uh, had a, not bandaged, but had a nice compression blanket around that. Uh, with Bridges in the fourth quarter, knocked it. Didn't look too fresh after that. But uh, the one highlight and the one guy I've got highlighted and written in all caps here is Kelly Oubre Jr., Suns fan favorite, Tsunami Puppy. Uh, I'm not sure where that nickname comes from. Get on the Downtown Bull email and tweet us at Downtown Pod if you know where the Tsunami Puppy nickname comes from, or uh, downtownpodhoops uh, at gmail.com. Um, give us your nicknames for NBA players. Do it. I want to hear some NBA player nicknames. That'd be fantastic. Get on at downtownpod um, and get on the email downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. That's just about it for the Suns and Pels. The Pels got the win in the end, 124-121 in downtown Phoenix. The game two and the second of only two games tonight in the association. Pels by three, 124-121. Holiday's got 23. Ingram will drive into two and get it to go. What a play by Brandon Ingram. 25 points the hard way. Downtown. Breaking news in the NBA, time to get stuck into the headlines on Downtown Pod, at Downtown Pod on Twitter. Email us, hit us up, your thoughts, your suggestions, your feedback, and any news we may miss, downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. Let's get stuck right into it. And first, more news on the NBA city uniforms, with Brooklyn unveiling their 1920 edition from Nike Live from Bedstoy. Haven't heard of Bedstoy? The Brooklyn neighborhood Bedford Stuyvesant holds a very special place in hip hop folklore as the home of the borough's most famous rapper and son, Notorious B.I.G. 
The white uni features a multicolor Brooklyn camo pattern around the outside and graffiti-like artwork with the letters B-E-D hyphen S-T-U-Y representing the Bed Stuyvesant neighborhood of Brooklyn. Rick Pitino, former college coach and now Greek team national coach, tried to convince the Knicks to draft Donovan Mitchell, according to Rick Pitino. He said, I tried to get the Knicks to take him, and they said, nah, they can't take him at that number, he said on Sirius XM NBA radio. That number was the eighth overall pick in the 2017 draft, during which the Knicks took Frank Nitalakina in the last move made by then-president Phil Jackson before he was let go. Five picks later, the Jazz chose Mitchell, and since, he's blossomed into a star, being named to the NBA's all-rookie first team and the winner of the 2018 Slam Dunk Contest. Recently, Mitchell has gotten even better, averaging 24.9 points, 5.7 rebounds, and 3.7 assists. Wat Misaka, you may have never heard of him, but Wataru Wat Misaka was the first person of color and non-white individual to play in the NBA. He was drafted by the New York Knicks in 1947 and he passed away at 95 years old last night in Salt Lake, Salt Lake City in Utah. Misaka's death was announced Thursday by the University of Utah Utes Athletics Department where the Japanese-American player helped lead the school to national championships in 1944 and 1947. Misaka was drafted by the BAA, the Basketball Association of America in 1947, which made him the first non-white player and first player of Asian descent to play professional basketball. Brotherly acts in the NBA, there have been quite a few over the journey. The top 10 have been rated and classified on NBA.com and here is where they stand. Marcus and Markeith Morris come in at 10. At 9, Horace and Harvey Grant. At 8, Brent, John and Drew Barry. At 7, Caldwell, Charles, Major and Will Jones. At 6, Stefan and Seth Curry, not to mention their dad, the great Del Curry. At 5, Bernard and Albert King. At 4, Al and Dick Maguire. At three, Dominique and Gerald Wilkins. Some often forget there was a Gerald. At two, Tom and Dick Van Arnsdale, the twins who looked alike and played similarly. And number one, with the retirement of Pau Gasol, which we mentioned yesterday on Downtown Pod, it's Pau and Mark Gasol. Early on, it seemed the best thing these brotherly acts would be known for was being traded for each other. That happened back in 08 back when a 27-year-old Powell was hitting his prime, while Mark was still playing in Europe. Well, fast forward almost 12 years, and it's been an amazing career for these brothers. Both are Hall of Fame bound, with three rings, nine all-star appearances, six all-NBA berths, two all-rookie selections, and individual hardware, including the 02 Rookie of the Year for Powell and 2013 Defensive Player of the Year for Mark. Doesn't even account for their play in international competition for Spain. Are the Spurs done? Many have been ready to wipe them off the playoff roster. But it depends on one man and one man only. Can this man get the best out of the Spurs? And who's that? Well, it's Greg Popovich. After a 4-1 start, the Spurs have now lost seven games in a row, 
and they're putting together a top six offense, but their defense is 27th ranked and the worst ever under Greg Popovich. The Spurs are next to last in the West and have zero wins over teams with winning records. As we mentioned earlier in the Blazers-Bucks recap, D-Lil, Damian Lillard, had been sidelined with back spasms against the Pels. He said that he'll come back when he's ready and there's no point to rush. Lillard had played in two games since the injury, but struggled mightily with his shot. Against the Raptors, Lillard shot 10 for 46, including 4 for 22 from three points over his last three games. Last night in the NBA, the league, the world went crazy as Ben Simmons put up and made his first three-point shot of the season. Ben Simmons wore a Sesame Street sweatshirt in the locker room. The classic characters lined up on the familiar street. We should have known it was going to be a night for the unique as he put in a three-pointer in the first quarter. Philadelphia went nuts, even prompting one NBA fan on Twitter to say, put him in the All-Star team now and throw away the key. Five on one, Ben Simmons jacking threes all night. Who has the NBA's most shockingly good offense? Well, you'd be hard pressed to guess, it's the Washington Wizards. Even though they can't defend anything right now, the Wiz aren't a total disaster. Just as nobody really predicted, they're actually an offensive force. No John Wall, Thomas Sadaransky went to the Bulls, Otto Porter Jr. and Kelly Oubre left in mid-season trades. Picked up little known players in the offseason, yet 12 games into their season, they run the second most efficient offense in the NBA. Bradley Beal is bowling, but there is a downside. Scott Brooks is coaching his team to 115.11 points every 100 possessions per basketball reference. Thanks for the stat. Second only to Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavs. Nearly 2.5 per 100 possessions points better than the next best Houston Rockets. The downside? They rank second worst in the entire NBA in defensive rating, which is probably why they have a 4-8 and eight record. The schedule shakeup NBA should make to combat struggling ratings. In America, it's on the decline. Aussies love their hoops, and everyone in every country, it seems, does as the league and the game grows around the world. But in the homeland, the ratings are down. A target date to institute new thinking and no more back-to-backs could be 2021-22, according to NY Post writer Andrew Marchant. This could be the start of no back-to-backs in the NBA, a shorter season, and perhaps a more even draw for those teams who finish at the top and the bottom of the league. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has spoken previously about the idea of adding a tournament of some sort during the season to make it easier on travel and make it easier for teams to progress and play their stars. The NBA need to start thinking about the load management and how to better position itself on the sporting calendar. Cleveland Cav Colin Sexton has taken yet another step towards stardom. Their record of 4-10 is absolutely abysmal. But for Alabama, Alabama guard Colin Sexton, 
He's been putting up solid numbers in the wins and losses. He had 19 points and two rebounds in their loss against Miami, but while his name might be maybe hidden due to the Cavaliers' poor performances, his young stardom is being unrecognized in the league, but not in the organization. Magic forward and center Nikola Vucevic is averaging 17.1 points, 11.6 rebounds per game this season, but he is out for at least four weeks. He was diagnosed with a right lateral ankle sprain and will be re-evaluated in seven to 10 days. Shams Charania of The Athletic reports the injury should sideline Vuce for a month. The Magic is six and eight, but zip and five on the road after they fell to the upstart raps on Wednesday night. Vucevic and forward Aaron Gordon had suffered both, both suffered right ankle injuries in the second quarter. Vooch used crutches to lead the locker room and Gordon only had one. There is no update on Eric Gordon as of yet. Lastly, in breaking news, we go to Chicago, where Derek Rose has sat down with NBC Sports Chicago's Will Perdue and talked about load management. He says when he had his injury the first time in Chicago, it was a different time in the sports world, full stop. Now we have the term load management. I don't think I would have taken it as far as Kawhi, but they're being really cautious with his injury and whatever he has, so each to their own. If load management was around when I was playing and I had my first injury, who knows? I probably would still have been a Chicago Bull right now. While that fact might bring tears to Chicago Bulls fans, it's entirely possible that even with load management, Rose could have possibly done the injuries he did in the first place, including the first of his three ACL tears, which regarded his decision to sit out the whole 2012-13 season. From then, Rose has never been quite himself or the MVP player he was back in the day, but he enjoys playing in Detroit and gave tips to Zion Williamson. Just being that heavy, playing the way that he plays, he's explosive. He reckons, Rose reckons, he might need to possibly trim down. First is your weight, said Rose. I remember playing for the USA teams, and my second time we were going and seeing all these doctors and I was getting all these MRIs and feeling pain still in my knees. It all came down to my weight, but nobody told me anything. If I knew then what I know now, and if I can pass some info on to Zion Williamson for his recovery, that's what I need to do as a vet. What a pod, two games in the association, but we've managed to somehow get a lot of content into your ears tonight. Two massive wrap-ups, and there's less games in the league. We'll give you the in-depth wrap-up of all the games, but let's have a look ahead to tomorrow in the association. Saturday matches here in Australia, Friday night hoops over in the USA. We've got Hawks and Pistons, two, four, and ten teams kicking off our morning. The Hornets and the Wizards take flight at Washington. Then the Kings and the Nets do battle. Spurs and 76ers at the Wells Fargo Center. Heat and Bulls in a matchup which should be pretty entertaining. The Lakers and Thunder, can the Lakers keep rolling? The Cavs and the Mavs, Luka Doncic, the Magic rolls back home to Dallas. The Celts on the Nuggets. That should be a uh, interesting battle. Perhaps two teams that may be facing off in the NBA Finals. Who knows? Warriors and Jazz. 
on that one's on SBS here in Australia. If you guys are listening and you want to catch it, the ESPN games tomorrow just by the way, a Spurs and Sixers, and the next one I'm going to mention, Rockets and Clippers, the doubleheader there. So the two games of the day, it looks like, will be Celtics and Nuggets and Rockets and Clippers. As always, tomorrow night here on Downtown Pod, we'll recap all the games in the association tomorrow with the box scores, the main stories, and a few talking points from each and every game, every night on Downtown Pod. Downtown. We're done for yet another edition of Downtown Pod for this Friday, 22nd of November, wrapping all the games in the association. Only two today. We went through them in major detail and some breaking news. It's Thursday night hoops in the States, but Friday here in Australia. We're back tomorrow, Saturday, with a full slate of NBA matches. We will recap them, give you the box score, all the breaking news, plus a whole heap more if you get involved at our email address, downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. Email questions, suggestions, segment ideas. Perhaps you might want to be part of the Downtown Pod family and jump on and be my co-host, downtownpodhoops at gmail.com. As always, we're on Twitter, downtownpod, twitter.com forward slash downtownpod. And if you're sick of scrolling through socials for NBA scores, recaps, and breaking news, rejoice and come downtown with us. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and our main podcast hosting site, Red Circle. This has been Downtown Basketball Daily Pod. I'm Jack, hashtag home of hoops. As always, keep it easy.